0: Hi, I'm Vincent Andrasani, and this is episode 41 of The Place of Sound. Thanks very much for tuning in to this episode, and thanks also to those who've been following along with the last few episodes of the show. For those who are listening for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space, or the social geography, using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media production formats, you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Episodes consist of what we refer to as audio portraits, or oral history style interviews that explore the topic of home. Soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to communicate the personal, and social significance of a given place. And we typically end the episode with a short documentary-style piece that explores the place-based identity of the producer. The aim with these projects is to allow the producer to think about the places that made them who they are today. These are the types of projects you can expect to hear on The Place of Sound, and all of them are produced by students here at Carleton University. They're what gets produced in comms 4501. Digital Media Production, a fourth-year workshop course in the Communication and Media Studies program. But in this episode, we're going to do something a little different. This episode is part two of three in a series of retrospective listens to the work that's been aired on The Place of Sound in 2022. In part one, episode 40, we listen back to a series of audio portraits. These are short two to three minute stories on the topic of home. And in total, we listen to six of them. In this episode, we'll focus on the soundscape composition, a genre of audio media production that communicates a particular story about a given place. Soundscape compositions consist of a combination of field recordings and voice, and these two elements are combined to tell a story about a place that's meaningful to the producer. In these projects, students are encouraged to think with and through their microphone. They move it through space as though it's their ear, and with it, they can capture some of the small, tiny sounds that we might otherwise miss And of course, they also capture some of the loud sounds, the ones that are hard to overlook. The voice that you'll hear in each piece is the narrator or the producer. Who invites us into the space and guides us through it their aim is to find the right rhythm to speak when we the listener need to know more about where we are and what we're hearing but also to remain silent at times and to let the sounds do the talking by the end of the piece we should have a sense of where the place is how it's brought to life in sound and most important, why the space itself is meaningful to the producer, to others, or to both. This is how we're thinking about the soundscape composition as genre. So in this episode, we'll feature some of the soundscape compositions that aired on The Place of Sound in 2022. We'll listen to five of them in total, and they are the following. The Safety of Noise by Sophie Doyle, Randon Huang's Comfort in Solitude, Thomas Puda's Within This Nameless Wood, Moonies Bay Park by Wen Wenqing Mu, and Food That's Good for the Soul by Emma Poole. Each student will jump in to offer a quick introduction to their piece before we listen to it. We'll give you a sense of where the recordings were made and what the piece is about. So without further ado, here's Sophie Doyle and her piece, The Safety of Noise.
1: At 17, silence felt unsafe. I felt like taking a chance with insanity. I was living in my car and every night I went through the routine of making noise so I didn't have to feel so alone. This is a sound composition of what one of those nights were like.
2: You have reached nine, zero, two, eight, four, one, zero, zero, six,
1: Please leave your message after the tone. Hey, um it's Sophie. Uh I just wanted to chat, so if you could give me a call back when you get a chance, I appreciate it. Thanks. Love you. Bye. often loathe the existence of noise It seen as a disturbance completely unneeded however at a point in my life noise felt like a survival tactic at 17 i started living in my car i had once grown up in a noisy house and it was constantly filled with the sounds of family and friends this new lack of sound symbolized to me what had become absent from my life and how that meant being alone I had become very familiar with the parking lots in my area. It was there that I would start my routine of making noise. I would play music throughout the night and would let the car run despite the risk of it going dead. It almost felt like if there was noise, I could pretend I was safe and I was just an old teenager. Eventually, it would get late. I would be struggling to keep my eyes open it was then i had to face what i had been avoiding the quiet of the night Nothing's gonna take you. silence made it feel like time stood still. It was the creeping reminder of my isolation. I begged my body to allow me to rest knowing that sleep would relinquish me from the fear that the quiet had brought. My alarm felt like a safe haven. It was the first noise of the day, the very first of many to come. And those noises meant that I was safe.
3: Hello everybody. My name is Brandon Huang and I'm a fourth year communications and media studies student at Carlton University. In today's soundscape composition, I will be taking you on a tour of one of my most favorite spots in Ottawa, the Chaplin Mills Conservation Area. My goal of this composition is to transport the listener to this particular nature reserve, while also providing some reasoning as to why this spot is so important to me in particular. It's a crisp, snowy Friday afternoon in Barhaven, and a group of my aunts are gathered at my house to visit my parents like they do every weekend. Being raised by Chinese immigrants, the sound of loud Cantonese and banging pots and pans is a pretty regular thing for me to wake up to. As a kid, we would have mini family gatherings every weekend if everyone was free. My family would gather together in the kitchen, and everybody would help cook. My aunts would also come over every Monday night like it was poker night, but instead of poker, it would be mahjong, and instead of drinking beer, my mother would make green tea for all of my aunts. I've heard these sounds since I was a fetus in my mother's womb, so I'm pretty accustomed to the noise, but there are still some times when all I want is some peace and quiet to myself. The idea of solitude is something that I always found comfort in. Being who I am, I tend to have a lot of thoughts that race through my head, and it's been like that since I was young. Even as a teenager, my mind has always been busy, making the noise at my house a little too much sometimes. This often prompted me to explore the neighborhood, leading me to find one of my favorite places, the Chaplin Mills Conservation Area. This place holds a lot of memories for me since I discovered it in high school. This is a place where all of my friends would come late at night during the summer, either just to walk down the path and each other's company, or to sit by the water talking about what we wanted to do and who we wanted to be in the future. It's a place where I could be alone and just cry my eyes out with no judgment. Being in the suburbs, the conservation area was not completely isolated from city noise, but that doesn't take away from its charm. It's the perfect balance of nature and urban environments for me. In the winter, the path is covered with snow, The lake is slightly frozen over, but you can still hear the sound of running water. The sounds of cars driving by can be heard in the distance as the path is next to a main road. As I walk through the path, I hear the wind blowing past me and the sound of my shoes making prints in the snow. These sounds greet me with a sense of familiarity, reminding me of all the time that I've spent just sitting by the water as I approach my favorite spot, which happens to be right under a bridge, making the sounds of cars passing by even louder. As I situate myself on one of the rocks, I look into the lake and gaze into the water for just a minute. This is where I came when my father was in the hospital when I was a teenager. At the time, I was constantly around my family, but I had never felt more alone. Even though I knew everyone meant well and was concerned about my well-being, I was also aware that they were all dealing with the same situation themselves. When the noise would become too much, this was the only place I could come to be alone and listen to the birds chirp while reflecting on how I felt. The sounds of cars driving by was just enough for me to drown out the constant stream of consciousness happening in my head and just focused on the little sounds. It was just quiet enough for me to reflect, while also not letting my mind water too far from the beautiful scenery in front of me. The situation led to a light smoking habit but provided a lot of clarity for my emotions. Looking at the lake while being under the bridge reminds me to allow myself to slow down and take in the environment around you. Even if you are hurting, there's so much around you that is beautiful. And even if you are not okay right now, everything will be eventually. My name is Thomas
4: Puda. I'm a fourth year Communication and Media Studies major, and in this project, I wanted to revisit a space that lived in the back of my mind for a very long time. I happen to be fortunate enough to live right beside a forest, and it's very undisturbed by most people. I thought it would work amazingly as a space to record with its many sounds and different experiences. within the nameless wood. I stand in the middle of a patch of land, untouched by society. The ground crunches underneath every step I take, reminding me I may be the first carving this path through decaying vegetation. The sky is filled with gray storm clouds, perhaps relinquishing space after a heavy rainfall or warning of further coming thunder. The birds find respite between the gales of wind as they chirp a requiem for the dead leaves which paint the floor of the forest with the color of flames. This space is reminded of the world around it constantly. The trains and cars in the distance fill the air with raucous commotion, as if their paved roads run through the winding hills they surround. How could a space bordering so much life be left nameless? Did the abandoned park planted at its center warrant its loneliness? The wind picks up as I sit against a boulder planted in the middle of a broken sandbox. How did it get here? Who painted it the beautiful yellow it is now? The more I question this solitary forest, the more the clouds block out the sun and sky. The creek wrapped around the foot of its hills, visible from the apex I sit at. I hear it now. The droplets of water hitting the aged and decrepit bench that someone once made. The moss growing on the underside of the wood, likely thankful for the coming rainfall. With most of the leaves underfoot rather than resting on the branches above, I have no cover from the worsening weather. Perhaps when I next revisit this space, I will give it the name it deserves. Or perhaps its wonder is encapsulated in the fact it's nameless. It needs not a name, just someone to walk its paths and listen.
2: Mooney's Bay Park is only a 10-minute walk from where I live, so I often go there when the weather is nice. Autumn seems to be particularly longer in autumn this year. Warm sunshine, colorful fallen leaves, children playing, flock of birds, and the golden lake are the most romantic elements in autumn for me. On a short afternoon, I felt the beauty of autumn in Moonies Bay Park. On a Friday afternoon, I walked past the falls and gradually make my way to the Mooneys Bay Park. The park is near where I live, so I often go there when the weather is nice. The autumn seems to be going on a little longer in Ottawa this year. I walked into the lawn and stopped on the fallen leaves. Children frolic on the rides in the distance and a playing circle overhead.
5: Oh god, I can't do that. I'm not doing that. I'm going to try this. I'm going to
2: try and climb up this. Okay. I walk to the swing, sit down, quietly watching the little girl playing with her friends. Her father is chatting with other children's parents. I suddenly feel that time is slowing down, and the scene is so beautiful. Then I began to swing. I closed my eyes, accompanied by the warm sunlight. The sound of the leaves blowing the wind ran around me. Slowly, I entered my childhood memories. One moment, I was playing with my friends in the small square in front of my home, swaying and constantly urging my parents to help me swing higher. The sound of the swing chants take me to another scene. I walk barefoot to the nearby river beach. The lake is sparkling in the sunset. Bird and my accompanies call me, so I swim toward the center of the lake. We all hear the unpleasant calls of seagulls, so we fly our wings quickly on the lake, fly toward the sky. The sound of swing slowly wake me from my thoughts, and I open my eyes. I get up and leave. In my last year in Ottawa, Mooney Space Park let me experience the beauty and warmth of the autumn.
5: Hello, good evening to whoever is listening. My name is Emma Poole, and I want to welcome you to my second project for my digital production class. This is my soundscape composition, where I attempt to guide your ears to my most beloved hobby, cooking. Cooking is a newfound passion of mine, and I hope that this composition will communicate that. There is nothing my ears like more than the sound of a good meal. The crackling of the pan. The bubbling of boiling water. chopping of vegetables. My food journey has been a long one, so let's talk about it while I make a meal for my roommates. Today, I'm making an almond crusted chicken and veggies, but not before I brew myself a nice cup of tea. up, food wasn't a big part of my childhood landscape. My mom did most of the cooking because I think she thought that it was her place and duty as a mother, but possibly also because all my dad could make were cheese sandwiches. And by cheese sandwiches, I'm not talking grilled cheese. I'm talking plain old mozzarella cheese between two slices of white bread. Although I'm grateful that my mom and dad tried their best to keep us nourished, their lack of passion or interest in the art definitely made itself known on eating their food. When I look back on my life now, I think my passion of food has always been there. My favorite thing to do was play restaurant, a game where I would steal my mom's pantry items and mix them with whatever I could forage outside. And of course, my number one customer was always my younger sister. Flashing forward now to university, when I left home, I wasn't anticipating the discovery of what was, and what has, become such a deeply rooted passion. My parents were generous enough to pay for my meal plan on campus, and although everyone has had their qualms with the calf, it was where I began to open my palate to new flavors which made my impression of food go from black and white to technicolor in such a short period of time. All of a sudden now, I'm 21 years old in my fourth year of university, and we've all battened down the hatches shielding ourselves from a threatening virus that's wreaking havoc on our fellow humans. For me, it was an experience that rocked me to my core and exposed me to some of the darkest moments that I could never have even anticipated. I needed something to do to distract me from the unfortunate events that burdened my brain on a daily basis. I started cooking. It was fulfilling to do something with my hands and turn my brain off while creating something good for the soul. I knew there was something about cooking that appealed to me, I didn't know what it was then, but I do now. Along with the much-needed distraction, it gave me a sense of competence that I had never had before. I had been a terrible student, athlete, artist, and to be honest, I felt the frustrations of watching my friends excel at everything while I struggled with everything. When I started cooking daily, it lent my life a purpose that it so desperately needed at the time, and still to this day. It has turned into a hobby that I will take with me for the rest of my life, and I guess at the end of the day, I'm thankful for the space that let me explore this hobby of mine.
3: Mhm. Mhm. Mm. Mhm.
5: Mhm. bite. Go
0: oh, go. Thanks very much for tuning in to this episode of The Place of Sound. But before I sign off, a couple of quick notes. A reminder that what we've listened to here in this episode is only a fraction of the work produced in association with this project. If you're interested in checking out more, have a look at theplaceofsound.ca where you're not only able to hear more audio media, but in some cases to see some of the original photos and the writing that students produce to go along with it. There's also a featured work section on the site's blog where you can access some notable individual projects. And in the classes section, you can have a look at some of the work produced in each of the previous semesters. And lastly, under the listen link, you're able to access the show's archive and listen back to any episode of the show that you'd like to hear. But in the meantime, keep your ear out for upcoming episodes of the show, which air on CKCU radio every other Monday at 6.30 p.m. and are available wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Place of Sound.